offering information for your mind, enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Hi, and welcome to Sabbath School U. I'm Gadi, and we're here with Jeffrey, Evelyn, and Anastasia. And uh, we're getting ready to talk about conflict and crisis, uh, the judges, which is our next lesson for this week. Anastasia, do you mind praying for us so that we sure, can get started? Not at all. Let's uh, close our eyes and bow our heads. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this day, for being with us. Father, I pray as we dive into your word today, Lord, that you be with us, Lord. Give us um, uh, knowledge, Lord, wisdom to understand what we'll be studying, Father, and just be in our discussions, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So this lesson talks about, I think it should be titled Unlikely Heroes, <laughs> because if you go look at all the different people that it's talking about, it's people that I wouldn't have chosen um, to become who they became. Um, can you guys think of any like specific examples of what I'm talking about? Well, that's funny that you mentioned unlikely heroes because I consider Samson to be an unlikely hero. Like he fits all the profiles of a hero that we would think of, you know, like a supernatural hero, like Superman or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. But he was a womanizer. So <laughs> it kind of makes me wonder how in the world did God choose him being that all he wanted to be is wrapped up and surrounded by the women from the enemy's side. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, that's very true because, I mean, a lot of the examples of these people that carried out God's will mm -hmm. in the Bible, you know, they were human. They had their flaws, their sins. And you wonder, you know, why does God choose us to carry out his will in lieu of all of this? I mean, I think it's a good thing that we that we're not the ones deciding it's that it's God because he sees beyond all the faults and everything that we have. But can you imagine, um, like going back to Samson, like if he would have allowed God mm -hmm. to take away that sin from him of being a womanizer and all the other sins that he had, can you imagine the potential that he would have had? Hmm. I mean, because he still used him, but it wasn't to his full potential. Yes. And I feel yeah. like we do that, like we allow God to use us, but not to our full potential. Mm -hmm. I felt like God almost wanted him to be in the way that Samson was, because in the very beginning, you'll read how he went over to the Philistines' place. I think there was a party or something going on, and he sees a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. And he, he comes back home, and he's like, hey, mom, dad. I want her, get her for me. And they're like, no, 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 pick from your own women. You know, try to decide, don't rush or whatever. And he's like, no, I want to marry her. <laughs> Bring her here. You know, and God used that out of this whole situation, you know, like and, and with, this, with this whole um, passion with being wrapped up with all these Philistines women. But at what point did he realize that God was using him? You know, at what point was, when was the turning point for him? Mm. I don't, I don't know. I think the turning point for, uh, for Samson to, you know, realize that this is his will in his life. God has given me and blessed me with the strength and physical power to, um, you know, do his will in his life. And when Samson was tempted by Delilah um, and when she cut his hair, uh, you know, that's when Samson was weak and when he was at his worst, at his lowest, and when his 
God-given talent, God-given power, you know, his physical power was just taken away from him. And I think that that's when he realized, you know, this is, uh, that I've messed up and this is not what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was a turning point for Samson. But do you feel like, I, I don't, like, do we have to go through that? Do we have to go through our weakest point to be able to realize that what our calling is? Because I don't think that, maybe that was his turning point, but I don't think that's when he realized that he had a higher purpose. I think God probably instructed him way, mm -hmm. way before. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you want to go first? Okay. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say was just like Samson, sometimes in our walk today, we get prideful. Like mm -hmm. Samson was prideful in the fact that he was, you know, muscle, all muscle, and he, he could do anything. He used a donkey's jaw to kill like what, 300 of the Philist yes. Philistines. Um, so I think he was at a point where he was very, you know, pride. He had a lot of pride. And even if we walk with God, I feel like we, we can still come to the point where we are prideful, you know, whether it's in our knowledge of the Bible, whether it's in our prayers or how we pray, you know, we could be all puffed up and, you know, boasting about, you know, uh, our knowledge. But God will see that and he will bring us down. Like even somebody like Samson, who was great and, and strong, God still made him weak. And I believe that God does the same to us. And that when we are just, you know, too prideful to rely on God, and instead we rely on our own strength, and God will allow us to come to the point where that's, that pride will be crumbled. It will be, you know, shut down. And that's when we'll realize that, hey, you know what? It's not me after all. It's not about me. It's about God, and it's about relying on God. It's not relying on my own wisdom. It's not relying on my own strength. And I feel we can relate to Samson in that way because that's what Samson was doing. He was relying on his own strength because he was all muscle, and that's what he was doing. I almost feel like every story that they talk about here um, kind of has like a bad aspect to it. Like they have to get to their lowest mm -hmm. in order to come out on top. Mm -hmm. And I just want to believe that that's not how it has to happen every time. Yeah, and I agree with you because what I was going to say is that, you know, God created us all unique, you know, and we all are created differently and we all have our own characters, our own personalities. So I feel God knows that. And for some of us, it really does take that getting to that low, low, like hitting rock bottom. But I don't, think that it happens that way for everybody or that it has to happen that way for everybody. Mm -hmm. And to go off of that, I like how you said that God made us all unique because um, in the way that we fall, in our weaknesses, when God makes us strong, well, when there's no other way to go except up towards God, um, we go through, we each go through unique circumstances, yes. through unique struggles. And only us that go through unique circumstances can reach out to those who go through similar circumstances. Mm -hmm. For example, like if I come out of a um, home where there was domestic violence, you know, I and God has restored me, restored my family. I can relate to somebody who's gone through something more similar versus someone like you, maybe who hasn't gone through anything like that, who you can try to help someone in that mm -hmm. in that situation, but it's harder for you to yes. relate. So mm -hmm. God allows us to, to go through yeah. these mm -hmm. um, obstacles or trials, mm -hmm. you know, so that we can um, help someone else yeah. in return. Well, I think that's why the Bible, especially this specific um, lesson, uh, 
talks about all these struggles, I think, I don't know, so that we can relate to them mm-hmm. at, to some certain point. Like, all these people were used by God, but all these people were sinners. They were, you know, like, they were in bad things doing, they were, they didn't trust. They, they all had the same flaws that we do now, maybe to a different, you know, they were similar to ours. I can't say the same, mm-hmm. but and I think that's why God is so specific into, and I think this is what the lesson is trying to show us that, you know, we all struggle with that. And yeah, we can help others that go through similar things, but the Bible um, can be specific to tell us like, you know, Samson w- went through this, you know, if you're a womanizer, it's like he overcame this. Yeah, he had to go through a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, he came out on top. Same with like, oh. Um, like David and Goliath, um, Deborah, you know, um, well, not David and Goliath, just David. <laughs> Goliath didn't the last story. very long, <laughs> the, yeah. the story of David and Goliath. Yeah. But I like how you were talking about um, some other people in this lesson that, you know, went through similar things and they didn't feel that they were, um, for example, Gideon, right? He, uh, in the Bible, it says that he was the weakest in his family and no one really knew who he was and he wasn't, you know, he didn't have the muscles like Samson or he wasn't mm-hmm. famous. But God wanted Gideon for a purpose, to fulfill his purpose. And um, for Gideon to, to you know, understand, like, why, why me? I, I, I thought I was nothing. I was the weakest. But this is what is so amazing about God because he... He picks people who are, you know, who are nothing and who, who don't know much, who don't, um, who are not big in society, who don't mm-hmm. have much power. He yeah. picks them up and he brings them to a place where, um, you know, it's like this is his will and this is how you can make a change and mm-hmm. um, do my will in in the community, like Gideon um, saving the Israelites. Um, so I feel like God really has a purpose for even if you, you know, you're standing in society or um, your talents or your physical abilities, they don't, they don't really matter. You know, God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Yes. And I feel that as long as you adhere to his will and his voice, I think um, you will fulfill his purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that God used Gideon? Like now that we're talking about Gideon, mm-hmm. like, in specific, he was so hashtag weak sauce. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was li- like literally out of like the weakest. What is that called? The weakest people clan, clan, clan yeah. crew. Um, so why, like, why him? Like, I feel like it was almost to make a, make a point of some sort, or I don't know. I think because Gideon recognized that there was something wrong. Like, he recognized that the people of God were no longer with God. I mean, at that time, they were worshiping idols, right? They were worshiping other other gods, and they have completely forgotten that what where God has brought them from. This is after they were brought out of Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the out of slavery. And they have forgotten where God has brought them from. They have forgotten all the miracles that God has done done for them. You know, brought them through the through the through the Red Sea. Was it the Red Sea? It was the sea. So he brought them through there, right? They forgot all of that. And I think Gideon was almost desperate. And and I find that maybe today we can even relate to Gideon in that point in that way because he even cried out to God when God appeared to him, and he even said like. 
where, where were you? There's so much happening. Why is this happening? If you are the true God, why is this happening? You know, and there's times in my life when I'm like, God, if you're really there, why are you allowing such things to happen? Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Why can't you just stop? Why can't you just make things stop? And I think in this way, we can relate to Gideon. We're, when we're at a point where we are just desperate for some kind of change, for some kind of miracle to take place, um, that's when we are more accepting for, for the Lord to do something in our life. I mean, we're just, our, our soul is just crying out for something to be but done. But I mean, and he did accept, like he, he knew there was something wrong and he knew he wanted to fix it, but that wasn't his reaction when God called him out. No. Like, what was his reaction, actually, when God called him out? Well, I think when God called him out, um, it says that he actually wanted a couple of signs from God yeah. to show yeah, him, yes. right? Like, is this really God speaking to me? Is, um, and he asked God to prove himself to, to, uh, to Gideon. And, you know, this actually, I had a question about this. Um, how do we know, you know, when, when we ask God for something or... Um, we're unsure of if this is really from God or is it from, you know, the devil or from the world? How do we know? How do we know? How do we differentiate between God's voice and, you know, the devil's voice or the voice of this world? So Yeah, it's a little bit hard because unlike Gideon, we can't tell God, hey, you know, when <laughs> yeah. I wake up, let that fleece be wet. Yeah. <laughs> or and let everything try. else around why, that fleece be But why can't like we? Yeah. Because I don't think we have that level of spiritual maturity yet or or at the way God doesn't appear to us in the so way you're he telling did me to no one on this earth has that level of spiritual maturity to in order to ask God for that I'm sure somebody maybe in a third world country that's <laughs> where God appears to them in the most you know spectacular ways but in our, where we are at in our society now it's hard to see that I think if God even appeared to us today it would be hard mm -hmm. to recognize that that is God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to go on now is relying on the, on the Spirit, on the Holy Spirit, that still small voice mm -hmm. in the back of our head when we're doing something wrong. You know, even, even a, a white lie is still a lie. Mm -hmm. And the back, in the back of our minds, there's still that small voice that says, hey, Anastasia, mm -hmm. you just said a lie. And I'll argue with that. And I'll be like, no, I, mm -hmm. I'll try to justify it, you know. But that still small voice still convicts us. Mm -hmm. It's still you know, brings us down to, to our humble point and lets us know that what we're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's kind of taken it back um, when we were talking earlier, how, um, what about those people who do not know God? You know, we know that we are doing something wrong or it's a sin because we know God and we know that God laid out the Ten Commandments for us. He has written the law in our hearts. So we know when we do something wrong and it's a sin. What about those people that do not know God? They still know the difference between good and bad. Mm -hmm. And how are they able to recognize that? We're able to recognize that because we know God. We know the law. But if they don't know God, whether by their own choosing or not, how are they able to recognize that? But I feel like there's like two big questions yeah. just asked yeah, right big. here. <laughs> because like I feel like what you just asked, that if when you... How do you know it's God speaking to you or it's other outside voices? I think that God, oh, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, that's okay. <laughs> but I think God has adjusted with the time. Yeah. And I think that um, back then there was, a, there was a wrong and a right. Mm -hmm. And there is still wrong and right, but there are multiple ways that 
you can mm -hmm. be right, and there are multiple ways that you can be wrong. Like a gray Let area. Be, oh, sort of, no. I don't want to say that there's a gray <laughs> area because that's strictly against anything the Bible says. But there, <laughs> I feel like God now speaks through us through different ways um, because we, with so many distractions that we have, we might miss the first three or four steps to getting the right way. Um, does that make any sense? Mm. Yes. So I don't think that like the way that God speaks to me, it's not going to be the way that he speaks to you. And the only way I would know that's the way that God speaks to me is because of my relationship with him. Yeah. Yes. If I don't develop that relationship with God, I'm not, I like, Mm -hmm. I can be like, oh, yeah, Pinterest said this and this. And so that's definitely God speaking to me. Mm -hmm. But how do I like how do I really know? And to go along with that, I also feel that when um, I don't know, to dif differentiate that, sometimes you have to, you know, go back to the Bible and look yeah. like, mm -hmm. um, you know, if it's God telling you to do this or whatever, if it's the devil, it, it also depends on the intent of that voice, I guess, like if it was a voice telling you like, oh, well, go steal this, but it'll be for, you know, to feed the homeless <laughs> or this, you know? When you back it up with the Bible, it's like, mm, I don't think that's God talking to me or, you know. Yeah, stealing is stealing. Yeah, stealing is stealing. It doesn't matter how big or yeah. how small it is. Or the intent for it. Yeah. And then there's your question about how do you, like, right and wrong, you know? How do you know if somebody hasn't met Christ because it can be like somebody's doing, somebody's loving. <laughs> person A <laughs> is loving homeless person on the street, mm -hmm. but he's never he's never heard of God. He's never, but he's showing compassion. He's never known anything about the Bible. That's still love. That's still God. Now, person B also loves the homeless person, person on the street, but knows God and has rejected him. Is that still love? Is that still God? That's very tricky because, mm. I mean, you go back to where it says um, God is love and love is God, mm -hmm. right? So when you're thinking about this, you're like, okay, I know God and I, that's, therefore I know love, what love is. Mm -hmm. And what about that other person, that person B, who doesn't know God, who's rejected God, but they're still able to love, right? So does that mean that God is still in that love? I believe so. Yeah. I believe that God is love so all across the board. So we can reject God and, sorry, I interrupted you, but we can still reject God and still love? I believe that we can, as human beings, human beings can reject God, but I believe that God doesn't reject us. Mm -hmm. I believe that God still is there waiting for you to turn around. You know, you may, you may have rejected him. I have friends who have rejected God, who have been with God. But I do not believe that God has left them completely. No. I believe that God is still mm -hmm. there. God is still watching them, waiting for that yeah. moment when they come to their weakest point. You know, when they realize that there's no other way to go except God. Something mm -hmm. in their life will happen to make them realize mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I believe, um, you know, people sooner or later, even if they live throughout till the end of time, and they will not, they will still reject God. There will be a time when God will show Himself. He will manifest Himself through through everything. And they will see him. Their eyes will be open. That veil will come off and they will see him. So I believe they're capable of loving still without knowing God. I know so many families that, you know, whose children are uh, nice and not rotten like some of my uh, siblings or whatnot, you know, and they know God. <laughs> How does that happen, you know? And I believe that it's God is still there. It's, it's love is all across the board. It, it comes from God. 
Love couldn't come from the, mm -hmm. from the, from the enemy. God, love couldn't come from Satan. Satan does not know how to love. He doesn't know how to love. He only knows how to deceive and how to bring you down, not, yes. not how to love. So love, even those who do, who do not believe in God, has to come mm -hmm. from God. And also, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure how this sounds, but I believe that people that want to do good and do good, that sometimes God is using them without them actually knowing God or acknowledging Him, I guess. I wouldn't say necessarily who reject Him, but I mean, there's some people that, I mean, do indeed still don't know that there's a God that loves us and that He is love, but do good and want to do that good, like have that love inside of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because even when we... Uh, like throughout these stories, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Have you ever been called to do something um, that you didn't think you were capable of doing? Mm -hmm. How were you convinced to do those things? You know, um, for Gideon, he s said he wanted signs, but what can we ask? Like, how can we ask? What signs can we ask God, if any? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an example. Sorry. <laughs> but um, for a long time, I was wanting to move to another state. I still kind of am. But for it's probably a year of looking for jobs in another state and trying to move. Um, and there has been multiple occasions where doors have opened up for me that I'm like, oh, this is God. It's telling me to move. And then I'm getting ready and starting to do all my fixing stuff up to go and move. And then all of a sudden something amazing happens where I am. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, so how, like, can we ask for signs? Can we ask like, God, if you really want me to move tomorrow morning when I wake up, let there be a truck outside with two people ready you to know. help me pack <laughs> things up. Is that something I can do? I don't know. Hmm. I think I mean, it's, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead first. It's okay, ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think in some cases it is okay to ask God for things. I mean, I think he knows when we need to have a sign or when, you know, or sometimes even when we don't, like you said, something, something amazing will happen. All of a sudden you're like, wait, this has to be, you know, this has to be what God wants me to do or where he wants me to be. But I don't know, that, that's still sort of a sticky question for me. I think we'll never understand, um, you know, how, well, we didn't, we're not living in a day and age where uh, God just, you know, is speaking, literally yes, his voice exactly. speaking to us. Mm -hmm. um, because back then, you know, God just uh, spoke, literally he spoke to, uh, you know, Moses, Gideon, all these people. Um, and, you know, now I feel like, God does speak through, you know, to us, um, and He, He tells us. You know, when I hear in church or Sabbath school, um, um, you know, you have to listen to God's voice. I never understood, you know, do do I listen to Him talking to me? Like, do do I actually hear like God's voice speaking in my head? I never, I never understood that because I never, I've heard God, you know, like His voice. I know, I don't know what His voice sounds like, but. I do know that God has spoken to me through different situations mm -hmm. in my life and has led me um, to places. And when I get to that place in my life or that destination, I think, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, how did I end up here? 
there could not have been, you know, any other way except yeah. God to bring me yeah. to this place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think God leads you to certain places. God tells you to do certain things that you don't even know that he's talking to you. And when you're there at that place, then you're like, this, this is, has to be God that mm -hmm. I'm, that I'm here. So. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, um, in situations when you want something to happen in your life and you want it to happen quickly, like you have to remember that everything happens in God's timing. Mm -hmm. It's not on our time. Mm -hmm. And maybe there are so many doors open in our lives. It doesn't mean that God necessarily wants us to go for it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to look for that verse. Uh, I think it's Philippians 4, um, where it was talking about, um, and be thankful in all things, you know, and come to God with prayer and supplication so that God can lead us and direct us um, on how we, need to, how we need to go. We need to be patient. We need to wait for God to make it apparent to us. And even if we never hear from him, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't necessarily take the step towards that door that's open for us. Because take a look at this. Like if we got, if there is a job opening and we don't, there's a door open for us, right? Are, are we supposed to wait upon the Lord to know whether we're supposed to take this opportunity or, or not? In my opinion, I would, if, if I feel like this opportunity is for me, I would take it. I would submit my resume, submit everything that's required of me, and, and just hope, go through all the interviews, you know, go to what, whatever I need to go through, and let them make that decision. But I shouldn't sit there and wait for God to tell me that, yes, go ahead and apply. Yes, go ahead and submit your re resume. Because I feel like God has given us wisdom. I feel like God has given us the knowledge to know when we are supposed to make that step, if we are supposed to make that step. And then the oh. end result, the result will be, you know, whether it's supposed to work out or not. I just feel like that's so tricky. Because how do you know when it's you and when it's God talking? You know, like how do you know, oh, this is, God has given me this wisdom, so I'm going to take these steps because he's given me this wisdom versus God is telling you, oh. Or he put that thought in your head. Yeah. yeah. I think throughout um, all the lessons and, uh, and all the lessons, all the people in this lesson, um, that it, it's, it's a fight between good and evil, doing right and yeah. wrong, and ultimately um, deciding, you know, I'm going to, serve God even after not being worthy, not being where I need to be, but I'm going to serve God and I'm going to give him my best and having a relationship with him so that I can, I can decide at the end of the day, you know what? You're right. I, God has given me this wisdom, but he's also given me the okay, mm -hmm. um, and to have that relationship with him mm -hmm. and, you know, go off of that. Yeah. And to, to add to that, um, when we look at the stories here that we read about Samson, about Gideon, about Deborah, it's almost like God is constantly trying to bring his people back. Mm -hmm. And over, over history, they've all, they forsake him. They forget everything that God has done for them. But still, even through all of that that they do, you know, that, that they do to God, God still brings them back. God still has that promise that he will deliver them, that he, God doesn't want us to suffer. Even if they were worshiping other gods, God still doesn't want them to suffer. God wanted to show himself to him, to them. God wanted to have a relationship yeah. to them. Just mm -hmm. like with us, God wants to have a relationship with us. And it doesn't matter what kind of, if, what, whatever choices we make, in the end, God will still show himself to us. I think that's a good um, 
way to wrap this up that at the end, um, God's going to show up and he's going to show off. Mm -hmm. So for more information, go to sabbathschoolu.org. Thank you so much for joining us today.